Hello, I'm Roland Burke and welcome to the world of motorsports powered by Nissan. We're going to take you trackside, into the pits, behind the scenes at racing around the world. This week, two places on the podium in Monaco for Infinity Red Bull Racing. Given Monaco, given what it is, it's very difficult to pass. Um, so it's just a question of tyre management and, uh, and ensuring that uh, we could maintain position um, and then holding it until the flag. We find out how motorsports DNA is being injected into Nissan's Nismo cars and female racing drivers are a rarity, let alone one like Keiko Ihara who began her career as a bikini-clad race queen. So I went to the circuit first time. I was very surprised. Motorsports is very attractive sports and uh, exciting. So suddenly I thought I want to be a racing driver. First, it's surely the most glamorous race of the year, the Formula One Monaco Grand Prix. And this time, as so many before, the man who started on pole finished first, Nico Rosberg of Mercedes. But once again, tyres were controversial. Infinity Red Bull Racing and Ferrari had both protested after Mercedes tested with Pirelli between the Spanish GP and Monaco. Pirelli says it has a contract with the FIA allowing limited testing, but Infinity Red Bull and Ferrari says this must be done with a car that's at least two years old. Mercedes used their 2013 car. Nonetheless, Infinity Red Bull Racing, Sebastian Vettel and Mark Webber took second and third. Infinity F1's Tom Foy is in Monaco. Another good result, Tom? Yeah, I think it was a really good result for the team uh, in, in Monaco. I mean, a double podium, valuable championship points, second and third. Uh, solid result. And it's interesting, isn't it, how, uh, how often at Monaco it's been the, uh, the, the guy who starts on the front of the grid who ends the race at the front as well? Well, that's right. I mean, obviously Monaco is, is incredibly important in terms of qualifying. It's notoriously difficult to pass. Um, and as a result, quite often uh, the guy on pole end, ends up uh, up front. I think the Mercedes pace, particularly Rosberg, surprised everybody in terms of his tyre management and uh, being able to maintain the pace he did for the duration of the race. Um, so, you know, you've got to, got to say uh, well done to the Mercedes guys. But um, I think from our, our point of view... Uh, you know, it was still a, a great uh, championship points, uh, rich point, uh, rich race. And you're, you're, you're being pretty polite about their tyre management. There was a lot of controversy in the week, wasn't there? Well, it's, it's been a, you know, a lot of uh, talking about tyres recently, as you know, Roland, um, you know, particularly since the last couple of races with tyre degradation very high, lots of uh, pit stops. I mean, in Spain we had you know, anything up to four pit stops during the race, um, and um, it's a, it's a hot, hot topic at the moment. So um, I know Pirelli are looking at uh, the tyres and looking to change um, some of the rubber in time for Canada. Um, and what do you think about this, um, this contro controversy over the testing uh, by Pirelli with Mercedes and you know, them, them, Mercedes then having the, uh, the one and two spots on the grid? Well, I think you know. Obviously, the, the Pirelli or Mercedes rather have got those tyres working really well. Certainly over you know qualifying and, and fast laps, uh, and it's working really well for for their car. You know, by some cars it's working better than others, and, and for them it is working well. They've certainly got one of the fastest cars out there at the moment. And as I say, uh, at Monaco, I think uh, everyone was surprised by just how well they managed to keep their tyres lasting. Uh, and what was what was the sort of story of the race? Well, I mean, um, you know, it was it was solid from our point of view. Um, you know, it was very much a case of of maintaining um, you know the, the gap to Mercedes and, and, and given Monaco given what it is it's very difficult to pass um, so it's just a question of tyre management and, uh, and ensuring that uh, we could maintain position um, and then holding it until the flag I think it got to the point where you know, we, we, we knew that uh, Rosberg was, uh, was going to maintain the pace for the race and um, to try to secure the second and third spots uh, And from your point of view um, you know, off the track what's, what's Monaco like? How does it compare to the other circuits? Uh, well Monaco is, is you know, one of the 
one of the uh, preferred uh, races of the year. It's one of certainly most people's favourite races in terms of the atmosphere, the history. Um, you know, it's just an incredible, unique event um, in terms of having a, a Grand Prix around those streets. And you know, I think we're in the something like the seventieth or seventy-second year of, of the race, which just is a testament to how popular it is. Um, so it's a unique atmosphere. Obviously, it's when it's the one that everyone wants to come to. So it's a great place to uh, to, to people watch, if nothing else. But, uh, and it always delivers uh, a fantastic race as well. And did, so did you spot any celebrities? Oh, well, there's, there's always plenty of celebrities at, uh, in Monaco. I mean, we had Michael Douglas in, uh, in, our, in the Red Bull Energy Station for some time. Um, you know, actually being joined by Felix Baumgartner at the event, you know, the, the, uh, our skydiver from space. Uh, Cameron Diaz was there. Uh, David Hasselhoff made an appearance. Uh, it's, uh, you can't go anywhere without seeing someone you recognise. Now, Nismo has long been a legendary name on the track, particularly in Japan. Ronnie Quintarelli and Masataka Yanagida are going for an unprecedented third successive Super GT Championship in the GTR GT500 to add to a long list of glory. That racing DNA is now going onto the road. Already the Duke Nismo is proving popular, with Nismo versions of other cars, including the GTR, to come. So what does it take to make a car a Nismo car? Here's the man whose job it is to help to create them. I am uh, Jerry Hardcastle, Technical Director, Global Motorsports. And where are we? Uh, we're sitting in a Nismo 370Z in the Nismo HQ in Japan. This, this is a road-going car we're in, a 370Z. Um, but we're in the, the Nismo headquarters. How do you... How do you get the heritage of motor racing and the you know the the DNA of motor racing into a, a road car like this? Well, Nissan's about making cars which are innovative and exciting for everyone, and Nismo is about going racing. And the Nismo road cars are the blend of that technology. So we want to we want to deliver a Nismo car which is the ultimate expression of innovation and excitement. So. To do that, we're bringing in technology and design and styling to the car, which is a flavour of Nismo. So in terms of technology, we're bringing uh, a new steering feel, a more sporty steering feel, maybe a new suspension, uh, more sports-oriented suspension, some more performance uh, under the bonnet, and we've also got uh, more aerodynamics to give the car downforce. And then from a design styling features, then there's uh, like uh, red stitching, which is uh, like premium motorsports grade, maybe some stitching on the steering wheel of a Duke Nismo, for example, which is like a, a sports racing steering wheel. And then the colours, we've got signature colours, white, grey and, uh, and black. And what's been your involvement in deciding how a, a car should be a Nismo car? So I, I've been particularly involved in the Duke Nismo and we were looking at that car again this expression of innovation and excitement for everyone so we wanted to make the car sporty give it an extra bit of space to give it some more uh, sports performance but whilst retaining its uh, road ability so with a duke nismo you can drive the car through the week you can go to the shops you can pick up the kids from school you can go to and from the office but then when you wake up on a sunny Sunday morning and you think, I just need a little bit of excitement, a little bit of adrenaline, you can go to your favourite mountain road and you can drive your car, of course within the limits, but with some excitement and enthusiasm. And so both the car can ad adopt from the road car to the, the sports car. In the future, of course, we want to bring uh, 
even sportier versions of the Nismo. So the 370 is already a sporty car. When we bring the Nismo, then it's a little bit more, even more focused. And that's kind of how we want to appeal to the everyone, anybody can drive our sports cars. And then as we develop the cars, we'll bring them more towards the, uh, the petrol heads who really want, maybe they want to take the car to the track and, and really enjoy some even more excitement. Do you think in motorsports it seems there's not as much sponsorship around as there was at one time? Do you think that motorsports needs to translate into sales of road cars to really be sustainable for manufacturers? Yeah, you're right. That, I mean, the, the global financial crisis has certainly made it difficult to get sponsorship. But I think there's another problem in that we've, to some extent, we've lost our way in terms of what motorsport represents. Motorsport used to take road cars and then go racing, you know, in, in, the, in the good old days of motorsport. And there was a definite link between the two. And as we've created the formula and of sports, then we've, we've kind of lost that link. I think it's important looking forward that we we demonstrate that link. I think the link is still there in some cases, you know, the Le Mans prototypes that are running with Nissan engines, that is an engine designed from a road car. When we raced Delta Wing, the construction and some of the technology in the engine was exactly the same as the construction and technology that was in the uh, the Duke. And I think it's important for the manufacturers to to tell that story to make that link between what's going on on the racetrack and what's going on uh, on the road. And we have to appeal to a younger audience. I think as you sit in the grandstands at motorsports races and you look around you, you I think you can, you can see that the audience is aging. And we need to appeal to a younger audience. And I think we're gonna do that through bringing cars like the Nismo Leaf RC, so electric sports cars, and you know, looking forward uh, to how Nissan can get involved in, in other new formats of motorsport to appeal to a different audience. Now, it's a fact that the vast majority of successful racing drivers have been men, but that doesn't mean there are no women who have made it onto the starting grid. Danica Patrick, for a start. Add to that list Keiko Ihara, the only Japanese woman in the World Endurance Championship. She's with Golf Racing, so a Lola chassis and a Nissan engine. And she must surely be the only driver whose first experience of the track was as a race queen. When I was a university student, um, I didn't have a normal driving license. Because not, one, not even a license for no, the <laughs> Because I was not interested in the car, but uh, um, I was doing a part-time job of a model for a fashion magazine. And uh, in that job, uh, I got uh, the race queen job. So I went to the circuit first time. I was very surprised. Motorsports is very attractive sports and uh, exciting. So suddenly I thought I want to be a racing driver. So next day, I went to uh, driving uh, school <laughs> to get a license for normal. And after that, I learned a lot uh, how to drive and uh, how to, um, what is a car, uh, where is the engine in the car, <laughs> from basic things to uh, skill. So finally, when I was 25 years old, this is quite right, but I started motorsports. And, and now you, you, your car is it's a golf racing car, so that's a, a Lola chassis. Yeah. And a Nissan engine in it, yeah. isn't it? And, and you, you, you've signed a partnership agreement with Nissan. What are you going to be doing for Nissan? 
Yeah, from last year, uh, I was driving a Lola Nissan, and uh, Nissan's engine was very powerful, of course. And uh, also, uh, as I said, uh, I was instructor for Nissan, so I'm very. I'd like to say thank you so much to Nissan because uh, Nissan grew me up. So, and finally, um, I signed uh, with Nissan. So I'm very grateful uh, Nissan uh, support to me because uh, uh, sometimes I faced a lot of uh, wars, wars like uh, gender or age or racism in the participating in motorsports because uh, it was quite hard to get uh, support to female driver in the motorsports society, which is uh, dominated by men. So, but uh, Nissan, this year Nissan uh, supported me. So I'm grateful, um, very happy, yeah. And as part of this partnership, you're going to be working with electric vehicles, aren't you, and diversity. What are you going to be doing? Yeah, uh, yeah, I felt a lot of things uh, very hard to get the support for female. So I hope uh, uh, the society uh, will become more comfortable uh, for any woman. And also now I have, I, sometimes I went to lecture uh, about diversity in each cities in Japan. So I'd like to send the key message um, as an ambassador. And, and you're getting a leaf, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you think about that as a racing driver? Yeah, I'm very exciting because uh, uh, when I had a lecture of a safety and the environmental event uh, in each city and in, in region, I always used the leaf. And so I always wanted to have one, but uh, I didn't have, but finally I got. and. Uh, now I'm looking forward to put uh, pack the reef uh, next to my house. <laughs> <laughs> and how does the leaf compare to your racing car? Yeah, big different, but the same thing is it's very talkful and very nice agility. Very talkful. Talk. Uh, lots yeah, of power. Power, yes. Mm -hmm. Very big power uh, from the start. So I like that feeling and the sound is very nice. And uh, not exhaust sound, but the electrical sound, I love it, so. And what are you hoping to achieve in the World Endurance Championship this year? It's what, is it your second year with the yes. Nissan-powered car? Yes, second year. So this year, um, definitely I'd like to be on the podium. Yeah, of course I want to win uh, some race. And your, your next race is what, Le Mans? Yes, Le Mans 24 hours. It was my dream. <laughs> Do you think, uh, what, are you, what are, you, are you looking forward to it? What, what are the challenges of racing in, the, in Le Mans? Yeah, last year, to be honest, it was very shame because uh, I couldn't drive in the race. Until qualify, I was driving, but uh, the, in the race, uh, the fast driver uh, was, uh, had a quite problem, machine problem. So this year I'd like to finish the race and of course I want to be on the podium in the 124 hours. Well, maybe this year you should start first. Yes, <laughs> I want to do. Not your co-driver go ahead of you. Well, good luck. Thank you. And thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Well, that's it from the world of motorsports powered by Nissan for this week. Do check out our YouTube channel for more on racing and cars. That's youtube.com forward slash Nissan Newsroom. Until next week, goodbye. <laughs>